When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how about you, everybody? Welcome into the Auburn Live Recruiting Show. I'm your host, Jeffrey Lee, Senior Recruiting Editor for Auburn Live on 3. Today is, uh, what is today? Wednesday, December 27th, 2023, the last Wednesday of the year. I'm joined, as I always am, 85% of the time, Mr. J. Head. How about you, Mr. J. Head? How about you, big dog? How we doing today, man? Well, finishing up a hunt. Finishing up a couple of days of hunt with Brooksy. And uh, got up four o'clock this morning, so Whew. I'm a little cobwebby. <laughs> cobwebby. Uh, as you can see, folks, uh, Cole Pinkston is not with us. He has a case of the blue bug, maybe. I don't yeah. know. Something wrong with his voice. Something. He's um, lost his voice. Uh, we we've confirmed he's not dying from the AIDS, as was right. thought last night. But uh, no, unfortunately, Cole couldn't be here today. I know he's here in spirit. And would want to uh, to be a part of this conversation. Just want to recap the class a little bit, but uh, he's not here today, guys. So you're going to catch him next week on next week. He's watching though. Hey, oh, you know he is. Hey, Cole. <laughs> well, hey, before we get started, I want to we'll run over this number seven class. Um, but Prize Picks is still in full effect. I don't know if you guys are still playing or not, but if you haven't, go download Prize Picks. Download that app. As always, uh, War Eagle, all caps, one word, for a free uh, promo code to get a 100, 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks of your first deposit. Uh, if you're not familiar with prize picks, you pick two to six players, and they, you either pick more or less than their prize picks projection. Um, so, you know, Peyton Thorne throws for 175 and a half yards. You think he'll throw for more or less. Uh, in Alabama, you've got to pick combo squares. You'd pick Peyton Thorne square and a uh, Jarquez Hunter square to win. But I tell you what, they've got um, they've got these goblins and demons now. You can win up to twenty five times your money, uh, depending on how confident you are in your picks. But they've got these demons and goblins uh, feature now, where you can win up to a hundred times your money. Um, so here's how it works. The demons and goblins feature uh, squares marked with a red demon are statistically harder to win. So it's kind of like a long shot, uh, but the quali- but qualify the entry for higher payouts, which is what I'm saying. Hundred hundred times your money, you must pick more on demons. So they're probably going to give you a, you know, a Peyton Thorn. Let's say, for example, Peyton Thorn, three hundred and three yards. Well, that would be his season high, I think. Um, you know, something outrageous, and you go, hey, he's going to have a day. You pick that one. You pick more on that. And then the red demons. Uh, I'm sorry, Green Goblins are statistically easier to win, but result in lower payout multipliers. Uh, you must always pick more on the Goblins, and that's going to be an easy one, but you're not going to win. Uh, you're not going to have the uh, payout there on the multiplier. As far as, uh, you know, we've got the uh, the final four, what do they call it, semifinals, the playoffs, I guess now, uh, beginning in a couple of days, if I'm not mistaken, Alabama and Michigan in the Rose Bowl, Texas, and Washington in the Sugar Bowl. Go check those out if you want to play along with any of those games. They've got projections for those games. Again, use that promo code WARIGLE, all caps, one word, to get 
of uh, deposit match up to $100. Appreciate prize picks. We've got one more week with prize picks. They're going to have uh, the, the championship game next week. We will recap that. I mean, we'll go over that uh, in our show next week. As far as this week, yes, this is the we're, we're a week away from Auburn signing the number seven class in the country, number four in the SEC, if you're counting Texas, which I guess we should be, although technically they're not part of the SEC yet. Uh, but the number seven class, Jay Head, I think we had the ceiling at seven or eight. Do we have it at eight? I think we had it at eight. And so we, we put a range on what we thought, and this was three, four months ago. So we're right. I think we're pretty good at what we do, right, as far as kind of making an assessment. But we put 8 to 12. That was what we thought was the ceiling and then probably the floor of this class. That's the range we'd fall into. Auburn finished one notch ahead of that at number seven with a big fish still out there in Ryan Williams. Right. Obviously, if you would flip him, you would move up significantly. And, you know, I think Auburn had entered signing day number 11. Yes. They added Morris Williams, Amaris Williams. Yes, Zach, clip that. It is Amaris Williams, so that Amaris knows we're saying his name right now. Uh, and uh, jumped up to number seven, held on to everyone that they wanted throughout the class. I thought commitment retention was extremely impressive. Uh, I think Jalewis Solomon is the only one that departed the class that Auburn cared about. Yeah. That Auburn fought for. And, you know, about two weeks before signing day, um, we're going to give you some behind the scenes in this show. Two weeks before signing day, if you'll remember that Hugh Freeze had tweeted about, had a conversation this morning with a lot of Juice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Juice is his nickname. And uh, he was he was testing the waters for a return. And don't think, I, I don't know if he was looking for more, what, what else more he was looking for. I don't know those details. I can assume. Sure, but 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 I won't go that far. I think everybody understands. He was he was looking, he was kind of peeking back over the fence, going, "Hey man, what's up over there?" And they were like, "Hey, you know, we still got what you had. We still got what what you have in your left." And he's like, "Ah oh, man, for real? You ain't got no extra extra sweet tea over there?" <laughs> oh man, we're we're out, big dog. But you know, you're welcome back. And he's like, All right, man. I think it's gonna be over here. And they're like, "Okay, cool. Right. Okay, cool. Suit yourself, big dog." Exactly. I think at some point you have to practice restraint. You have to offer fair market for what it is that you put a value on a certain prospect for. And if you start to put yourself in a position where you compromise yourself, you're going to limit yourself in other potential places where you need to make talent acquisition pieces to this roster. And, you know, good for them. You're right. Julius Solomon is the only one I can think of from a commitment retention standpoint where Auburn lost a guy. Now, on the plus side of that, how many did they flip from other classes? True. Cam Coleman, Perry Thompson. I'm looking at the – listen to this. All top recruits were flipped. Cam Coleman, Perry Thompson, Demarcus Riddick, Morris Williams, uh, John Monte Waller. Yes. And, and, and it wasn't a legitimate flip, but Joe Phillips was going to Georgia. Joe Changed his name. So that's four. Uh, let's see. I don't see any other flips. The top four. Yeah, the top four players in your class, DeMarcus Thompson, Cam Coleman. Um, Mars Williams. Mars, well, five, excuse me. DeMarte Waller, that's five. DeMarte Waller. So the top five players in your class were all flipped from other classes. That tells no. you how 
Yeah, that tells you everything you need to know about how it, what kind of a value they put on certain players and the aggressive nature of recruiting that Hugh Freeze has instilled in this step and not giving up on a guy. They knew they were behind on these guys moving into this 2024 class. They knew they were absolutely behind from a relational standpoint. And they had to make it up in other ways. They were able to do that and to close strong. And, Jeffrey, from a need standpoint, I think they hit, they checked every box, and they got a really big – now Army All-American game, offensive lineman on National Signing Day that we didn't even get the opportunity to talk about. Oh, yeah. Oh, favor. Lord have mercy. I do. <laughs> that was a recruitment. Look, you can have your own story in and of itself about favor Edwin's recruitment and the timeline for how many different times that young man was going to make an announcement. But right. when it mattered, Auburn got him on National Signing Day. He's a player that was absolutely wanted by Florida, was absolutely wanted by Alabama. Yeah. They pushed for him, tried to sign him. So that's a big win in and of itself as well. You probably came up from a number standpoint, what, one offensive lineman short of hitting every benchmark? I think that's it. And, and a tight end. That's it. There you the, go. the tight end you may will probably land in your portal class. LJ McCray would have been a luxury. Yes. Uh, but I thought we – First of all, we talk about needs. We knew the number one need on offense was wide receivers. We knew the number one need on defense was linebackers. I can't imagine any school or many schools having more uh, impressive classes than our groups than either one of those two uh, from Auburn's class. <clears throat> Probably the top wide receiver I've ever top wide receiver class I've ever covered. I, can't, I mean, the only one that even in the conversation, if I'm not mistaken, would be. I'm trying not to remember. I mean, was star power on paper was Trevon Reed, Duke Williams. I know Aroma Shadu and Obamanu and Anthony Mix. Yep. And then possibly the Kyle Davis, Nate Craig Myers. There you go. Eli Stove class. Yeah. That those those are the ones that come to mind. Now, obviously, the Obamanu and the Roshamadu and Anthony Mix class. That's the one that really panned out. Yeah. Right. Um. I guess you had the Anthony Schwartz, Seth Williams class, but that was really only two guys, even though both got drafted. You got two in-state five-star wide receivers. I mean, these guys, you know, they're they're really good. They're dudes, man. Like this, they're NFL types. These aren't just good college players. Right. Exactly. They're potential first-round NFL guys, and I don't know that I could have said I would have said the same thing about I'm trying to think of a five, Nate Craig Myers. Um, of course, he was he was he was highly heralded, highly touted until his injury, and then he just was never the same. You know, after he broke his leg, it just right. for whatever the reason, it just never came back together for him. That's right, but. Filling needs, you couldn't have done a much better job. And hell, you know, Ryan Williams is still out, still out there. Now you get him, this is not even. There's not a conversation. No, no. There's that's three five stars in your state. From what the three areas that you have to recruit if you're going to be successful, if you're Auburn. So much about recruiting right now is about windows, right, and capitalizing on the window that you're in. And you think about what Phoenix City, Mobile. Um, have meant to recruiting for Auburn or in the state of Alabama, period, in the pipelines of what you can get coming out of those two places 
and the amount of talent they produce year over year. And if Auburn were to get Ryan Williams out of Saraland, that's a Mobile kid. Obviously, Foley's right there in the Mobile area, Baldwin County area, where you get Perry Thompson, and then you turn back around and, and you've already signed Cam Coleman from Phoenix City. That's just – that's almost unfair. That's a cheat code, Jeffrey. There, there wouldn't be a conversation. See, we're having this conversation right now, and we're going, ah, oh, you know, that class may have been may, may be in this conversation because it is. We're naming them. You you get Ryan Williams, and there, there isn't a conversation. Now it's like, well, uh, what was the second best in the past 25 years, 20 years? I agree. And it, it, and you're, you're right. They'll be talking about this class from a wide receiver standpoint for years to come with what those kids can do on the field, and especially with a blue-chip quarterback like Walker White in the class that can absolutely get the ball to him. You know they're not going to have an issue there. Yeah, we probably don't talk about Walker enough. Um, I'm ready to see him in that Army game, All-American game. Ready to see him now. I think Auburn has six guys in that and six guys in the uh, Under Armour game. Yeah. So 12. Counting um, Magoo, the kicker that mm-hmm. we had on National Signing Day over Ole Miss, or I guess the day after National Signing Day. Right. When can you think of a class, Jeffrey, 12? 12 kids playing in All-American games for an Auburn team. Dude, it used to be one or two. Yeah. Maybe three. I think last year there was what? Canley and Keldrick. There was maybe five or six. Yeah, I think five. Because if you had Keldrick Falk, Canley, Deron Reed. Um, Tyler Scott. Tyler Scott. And then who's the running back? Uh, Jeremiah Cobb. Jeremiah Cobb. Sure not. And that was a big that was a big year, huge year by comparison to the year before, when I think you only had Holden Gurner and then maybe our kicker Alex McPherson that were Under Armour All Americans. I think that's all we had out of that class. Ryan Williams will also play in I think the Army game. I think he's in the Under Armour All American game. I think he's going to be in Orlando this week. So man, it'll be a fun week of All Star games for Auburn fans and. I tell you what, the difference between this 2025 class and 2024 classes, we talked about all the top recruits, the five top recruits being all flips. You hope that the 2025 class is going to be a bit different, although they just flipped Antonio Coleman from Alabama. Sure did. But the timing of the hire, a few frees, he's, you know, these kids are already committed and he's kind of getting in and he's flipping. Now you hope that the majority of these guys are uh, committing and sticking and not having to worry about flipping these guys retaining them would be uh, more ideal, although it looks like to, to be a lot harder to retain these kids now uh, than it is to flip them. It sure feels that way, but I still lean back on what you and I talked about when I first started getting my foothold on this podcast was recruiting is a 24-month relational process, right? It yeah. starts from the very beginning of their junior year, and it carries itself all the way through National Signing Day. And so for Hugh Freeze now, he's a little bit behind with some of these kids, but not even in the realm of what you're talking about for this last year's class. They're more on an even even footing with Alabama, with Georgia, with Florida, Florida State, the other schools in this area that recruit at such a high clip that you're going to be battling for, you know, in-state prospects in Alabama, kids in Florida, kids in Georgia, Louisiana, Texas. You know, the, the kids that Hugh Freeze wants to go and recruit, you're not behind on the relational aspect of it. So if NIL is equal, now you're putting yourself in prime position, and you'll see where Auburn's ranked right now. I think are they number five or number four? Twenty-seven. Yes. Twenty-five. Yep. On three's got them at number seven. Number seven. 
Okay. So you're the number seven class in the country. All you have to continue to do is capitalize on that. And then if you look at prioritizing a lot of scrimmage in that class, you've got three in-state defensive tackles from the state of Alabama, the three top-ranked defensive tackles from the state of Alabama. Plus Kalen Edwards from Tennessee. Yes. Plus, we didn't, I mean, Jacob Falk being the edge, the outside linebacker guy. Correct. But you got Antonio Coleman flipped from Alabama to Auburn on the 22nd, which was two days. It was that last Friday, which was huge. He's from Sarah Land. You know, Sarah Land, uh, the home of KJ Lacey and Ryan Williams. Jordan Crawford, Malik Altry. And then how about Spencer Dowling there, offensive tackle? So you've got so, so so this class is going to be your your trenches class. This is where you want to load up on the defensive line, on the offensive line, and kind of like wouldn't you say that would be the linebackers of the twenty twenty four class? You know, the defensive line is going to be your top priority. Offensive line is going to be your top priority on the on, on both sides of the ball. I would agree, and I think you're set contingent on what you bring in for the transfer portal. You're probably going to lose three to four offensive linemen in this class. Q Freeze would like to carry anywhere between 16 to 18 kids on the offensive line in any given year. Right now you're at 14. So if you add, a, let's say, like a big project, a prospect in Michael Tarquin from USC, he's a one-year guy. Yeah. That would put you at needing at minimum to replace what you've lost with four prospects. My guess is we'd sign five. Maybe if you go beyond that, you're signing from the portal or junior college or something like that. But you're right. This is a big class. And then the defensive line is the same way. You're going to be losing at least three or four guys on the defensive line after this year. You'll want to load up. And you'll have an opportunity to not just add numbers but quality pieces. You think about what you've already got in this class. You've got a nose tackle, a three-tech, and a five-tech already committed in this class ready to go. So anything you add in addition to that, plus another invaluable piece from I'm trying to think of the young man's name from Tennessee. You just said it. Kalen Edwards. Kalen Edwards. So now you're dealing in luxury, right? So anything you add to the defensive line from this point moving forward, it's not need. It's okay. What's the best value? What's the best talent? Can we get a guy that's better than the players that we have now? If we can, let's add him. If we don't, there's really not a big need. It's just about holding on. Like you said, it is commitment retention time now. And what does it take to get that done? Speaking of commitment retention, Georgia did not do a very good job with Mike DeBose. You know, the, the the big two biggest headlines of the 2025 class this past week were uh, Antonio Coleman, who has no relation to AC, um, the former Auburn player, and the I think he's the coach at Williamson now. Um, no relation. So Auburn flips from Alabama and yes. the lineman, and then the top offensive lineman in the state decommits from Georgia. I think Cole has an RPM prediction for Auburn. I think Chad Simmons has an RPM prediction for Auburn. And I'm pretty close. Um, uh, I, I do think Auburn is absolutely the team to beat for him right now. That would be huge. Yes. Yes. You're talking about a guy that's ready to play sooner rather than later. Micah DeBose is that guy. He's got some special feet. I know Zach in the back, who's our offensive line guru, along with Cole, absolutely loves Micah DeBose and thinks the world of his skill set. So. Uh, let's talk, you know, Hugh Freeze says, I want a top 10 this year. I want top five next year. Yes. He's already checked that box off number seven. And I don't see Auburn falling um, any lower once February signing period. If anything, they're going to get Ryan Williams and and move up. But do you think using all three rankings right now, um, 
they're number seven in the country, the 2025 class is. Do you think that's the floor? I won't say it's the floor. I think the floor is 10. I think the ceiling, okay. I think the ceiling is probably number four. I think the floor is number 10. And there's mm-hmm. somewhere in between right now. I was thinking three to seven. I mean, this – first of all, I think Auburn's proof of concept this season is going to be much different than a year ago. Yeah. I think the schedule is uh, – sends the uh, – at, at Alabama and at Georgia, I think it's a very uh, doable schedule. Okay. What are you looking at in, in terms of win, Jay Head? I mean, are you at eight? Yeah. I think eight is very doable for this team. That's that's what I predicted coming in, looking at the schedule. I think you could get to nine and three for sure, but something about either Oklahoma or Missouri, I think you're going to drop one of those two games. I don't think you can win both of those. And then you just always want to create some ability for margin of error. You never want to put too many expectations on something. So I think eight to nine wins is very doable, and that's an improvement. Auburn, what you saw – where Billy Napier was on fire, right, this time last year and getting commitment after commitment. And then as the season went on, you just saw his class fall apart because the proof of concept wasn't there. You were seeing them kind of go backwards on the football field, and that made them very easy to negatively recruit. Well, if Auburn improves its win total to eight, maybe nine games, you're right, Jeffrey, there is no negative recruiting. Auburn's continuing on its upward trajectory. You're consistently improving, and now you're the missing piece to getting us in the playoffs. That's an easy sell for Hugh Freeze moving forward into that 2025 class. And I think they've already laid a lot of the groundwork, like you talked about, on the trenches where they plan on putting some real star power in the defensive line and offensive line. The skill positions aren't as deep, I don't think, in this next class. I mean, I think you've got some guys like Alvin Henderson, uh, the young man out of Selma. I'm trying to think of his name. That's a wide receiver target. Derek Smith. Derek Smith. And there will be other targets that will pop up. We know that they we're nowhere close to a final board as far as that goes for a 2025 standpoint. But just to see the the quality of prospect they're already in on. You're Braden um, Jacobs. Braden Jacobs. You're Micah DeBose. Uh, the guys you've already got committed to Caleb Falks. Eric Winters is still out there. There you go. You know, it's – a very real, real possibility. K.J. Lacey, who's a top-ranked quarterback sure. in this class, could be your quarterback. I mean, it, it's, it's a very real possibility you could flip him from Texas. Nothing's done yet. So Zach says there's also a chance that a 10-win SEC program will sneak into the expanded CFP, and that's true. Look, what if Hugh Freeze gets you to 10 wins next year? What do you think that does? It only further cements your concept, your your proof of what you're planning on doing in recruiting. Now, I don't. I wouldn't project that, but Zach's right. I mean, I think top end, 10 and 2. Like, in no way do I think you're going into Tuscaloosa to be Alabama. And in no way are you going to to Athens and beating UGA. But other than that, you could upset Oklahoma at home. You could go to Columbia and beat a good Missouri team. A&M's not what they were last year. They've lost a ton to the transfer portal. Yeah. And they're coming to your place. You get Cal at home. You get three other slam dunks at home. Do you have LSU next year? You don't have LSU. You don't have Ole Miss. Really? You get get Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Texas A&M, Alabama, Georgia, Missouri. Missouri. 
Oklahoma. I think next year the proof of concept for me will be consist- consistency. I think what we saw this past year was a roller coaster of performances where you're almost beating number one Georgia, you're losing to New Mexico State, and the next week you're almost beating number two Alabama or whatever they were at the time. Uh, you know, and just having some games where you're like, what the hell am I watching? Right. You know? I mean, going like there was the consistency was not there. Obviously, that was due to the lack of depth and talent. Let's be honest here. I don't think talent will be an issue as much of an issue next year. I think what I'll be looking for is a proof of concept of consistency, maybe getting better and not, you know, having those those drops, those drop offs where you're losing by two touchdowns to New Mexico State and damn damn near should have beat Alabama at home and you know they're in the playoffs Georgia Georgia should be or could be so consistency as far as I'm concerned for the 2024 season is what I'm looking for from this football team I think in the 2025 I think Hugh Freeze has said it to privately you know 2025 is the first year that we're really going to have a chance a good chance to be in those college football playoffs yeah I mean, I, I think he's right about that. I, I think it's he's And again, we're talking about windows of time, right? Everybody, every coach has a period of time for which they have to capitalize. And it's very difficult for Auburn to be very good and Alabama and Georgia to be very good all at the same time, right? So this feels like it's Auburn's moment right now to seize momentum within the state, to seize momentum within the region. And you have to get it done on the football field next year, starting with a two-game improvement at a minimum, in my opinion. Yes. I don't think seven and five gets it done. I think it needs to be eight and four. It needs to be nine and three, something in that realm for Auburn to kind of continue to show that progress. And then, like you said, now that we've stacked and layered these two recruiting classes, really three recruiting classes, in a row now with that top echelon talent that Auburn needs to compete for a national championship, now you'll see it. That's where you'll see it is in 2025. Um, as far as 2025, <clears throat> 2024 season, that's going to be the – so my curiosity for the 2025 season and looking at the 2024 season is the quarterback position. Yes. At what point is Peyton Thorne he, – he's obviously going to be gone next year after next year. Who's next? Who's next? Because if 2025 is the first year you're legitimately legitimately contending for the college football playoffs, who's going to get you there? It's going to be one of two things, in my opinion. It's either going to be Holden Gurner, Hank Brown, and or you know our our really really good quarterback coming in this year, Walker White, takes a major step forward, and it's very clear. Like, hey, this is the progression. This is where we're going next. Or two. You're going to go get a transfer. This is when you're going to pay up because you got all the other pieces on this team now. You're going to have running backs in depth with Damari coming back and Jeremiah Cobbs. You're not going to have to worry about running back. You're going to have wide receivers that you can that anybody, any quarterback would be jealous to throw to. An offensive line that will be three years in the making. This will be the moment that they pivot. If they don't feel like Holden Gurner, in my opinion, he's probably the most likely one because of his amount of time in the system. If they don't think he's ready and capable to be that guy to take the step forward, you're going to see Hugh Freeze load up and go get a quarterback. He'll he'll say, "Give me, let me, let me raise some NIL dollars and let's go get that guy." Yeah, that's who, that's what we're going to invest in. 
one-year guy, two-year guy most, but to bridge that gap. Uh, let's see. Let's uh, yeah, let's talk about uh, everybody, uh, a lot of the listeners, subscribers, members of the site, curious to know, you know, on our signing day show, we had a fantastic turnout for, uh, for uh, early signing day and had a lot of things going on behind the scenes during that show. Had a yes. lot of things going on behind the scenes leading up to that show. And uh, everybody's curious. Kind of what some of the stories uh, behind the results of what we saw, and I thought we'd run down the list. Okay, and just throw out any um, anything that comes to mind. And we'll start at the top with Cam Coleman, a five-star wide receiver who flipped. Excuse me, did he flip or did he decommit? He flipped. He flipped. He flipped. That's right. So Jimbo Fisher gets fired. I think a couple of weeks later, Damian Craig gets his walking papers as well. Didn't he? He and did. After that, so if you'll remember, Cam Coleman was making, I think he made five five or six visits to Auburn uh, over a two-week span. And I was, I was, I, I knew it, kept our, our readers <clears throat> informed. I think it was about, it was the week before the Iron Bowl. Mm-hmm. When Dylan Gentry, the preferred walk-on wide receiver, who's who's not just a dang body, this kid's he's a decent foot he's a decent football player. Some would even say he's a really good high school football player. Um, I don't expect much production out of him at Auburn, but no. he's a good football player. And so when, when when Cam started bringing Dylan with him on these visits, I think that's when I was like, okay, this there's there's a real shot here because these two guys are like brothers. Dylan was going to go to A&M, same way, um, and to get to get to, not to get him. You, I think Auburn's going to get Cam Coleman anyways. But it was almost like uh, to, to grease the whole. You got the key. Go ahead and, and, and slide it on in. Yeah, it's making comfortable, making comfortable. And I think it was the day after the Iron Bowl, they all came back up and were looking at the dorms. And I was like, okay, this is it's done deal. It, it's happening. It's just a matter of time. And I think Dylan tweeted out an offer, PWO offer, uh, that next week. Cam committed shortly thereafter. Kind of out of the blue, wasn't it? It was. I, I got a heads up about two hours before it happened. Well, that was about an hour before I after I did. I mean, before I did. You, I, I knew about. I was texting like, hey man, I think this is going to happen. It, like, and it happened. Yep. Uh, about two hours before, I got a heads up like, hey, man, nothing can be said, but it, it, it's going to happen today. You know what I mean? Like, he just, he wants to make it random. He wants to get it out there. Um, he's ready to get this done. And so, and we had heard for a long time that Cam was trending towards Auburn. Like, everything that we had heard, she had a wonderful relationship with Marcus Davis. Things were trending in the right direction from an NIL standpoint. Obviously, things had gone south with the, probably the recruiter that he had the closest relationship beyond Marcus Davis, Damian Craig, mm-hmm. um, with his status at A&M. And that was just, you know, to go from the polar opposite of us being so surprised on July the 4th to, yeah. again, getting the, seeing him get that one across, uh, that was huge, man. I mean, that was absolutely huge. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Melt him down. Let's see. Perry Thompson. Hey, uh, so do you put any stock into the two weeks leading up to signing day that there was some concern with Perry Thompson's status at Auburn with Auburn's I commitment? I do. Okay. I put, yeah, I put a little bit of stock in it. I had heard rumors. I know you've heard rumors. Cole had heard rumors that Alabama had loaded up a really big NIL deal and that they were very serious about trying to get Perry back in the class. And call it paranoia, call it whatever you want. Anytime that Alabama starts to put the screws in on a kid, that's not in what I would consider an Auburn-friendly environment. Um, I get a little nervous, right? Like you start to wonder. And then two days before National Signing Day, I heard, okay, Auburn feels good. And then the day before National Signing Day, like the, the night of before National Signing Day, I said, hey, man, something's going on here. There was. There was – There was. Uh, I don't know. There was definitely – Calls for concern. Yeah. I never thought that he wouldn't sign with Auburn, but I did think that there were some people worried that he might not. Yeah. And I put stock in some of those those people think. You know what I mean? Um, Let's see. Who else is there? Uh, Demarcus Riddick. Boy, I tell you what, that was a wonderful recruitment. Loved it. He was committed to Georgia for a long time. Um, Alabama was trying to flip him. Auburn was trying to flip him. And he flipped to Auburn and never looked back. Never took another visit. Never missed a game at Auburn. Fantastic kid. Fantastic player. Fantastic recruitment. He commits and done deal. And um, that was, uh, man, no drama after he committed. None, none whatsoever. No. he And I think the only visit he did take, he did go to see Alabama versus Texas, which who yeah. were that game. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. I forgot about that. But was it Auburn the exact next week for the Sanford game of all games? Like, it, like he really needed to be there for Sanford. Right, but right. Showed up to assuage any fears or concerns they had. And then, like you said, Jeffrey, never visited anywhere else, was completely Auburn all the way through. But that's the kind of kid DeMarcus Riddick is. He promised Nick Saban he would come visit Alabama for a game, held true to his word, told our coaching staff about everything on the front end, was completely transparent, and then came right back and said, hey, guys, I'm still in. Auburn's still where I want to be. So like you said, just you wish every recruitment could be that clean, right, where you weren't constantly having to call a kid like, hey, man, what are you thinking? Let's get to – tell you what I was doing, man, uh, Amarth Williams. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, this was December the 12th, so eight days. This is when he was leaving his official visit. Uh, this was probably the best kept. I mean, listen, when he after he left, I, I started saying this. Listen, I don't know where he's going to go, but I know it's not going to be Florida. Okay. Yeah. And it was because when he left Auburn, he t- he told us, I, I, "I'm not I'm I'm not going to Florida. It's either Auburn or Ohio State. I'm going to go to Georgia this weekend." At the time, he had planned to visit Georgia that last weekend before signing day. Of course, the next day or two. It was like, no, I'm, uh, he's not going. Mm-hmm. He's all Auburn. Uh, Ohio State's not going to put the money uh, the money up 
the NIL that, that Auburn will, and um, it's pretty much a done deal. I, I know Florida had home with him, with him that Thursday, and they were, I guess, hopeful. But um, the kid told me, like, it's, it's Ohio State or Auburn. I'm not going to Florida. I, I'm just having to decide right now if I'm going to flip or if I'm going to decommit and then flip, uh, commit somewhere else. That was his biggest question when he was leaving Auburn was whether or not I'm going to decommit or flip. I don't know. I'm going to go talk to my mom. I want to be respectful about it. Um, however, we we feel will be the most respectful way. And I think they informed Florida before all this w- took place uh, on signing day. Um, but the, the thing with the Marshall was he said all this on record. And, yeah. and, and then his coach was like, hey, uh, hey uh, I was like, no, listen, if, if we if we write this, he's, Florida's going to understand he's not committed. It's going to be a bigger deal than if he just comes out and says he decommits. De- and the coach was like, well, let me, let me go ask him. He was in the bathroom. Uh, coach comes back out and he goes, he don't give a shit. <laughs> I was like, no, dog. I mean, listen. We can't do this, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be a lot easier for you personally Yeah. if, you, if we don't write this. All right. I'm, I'm doing this for you. Uh, because you're gonna. By the time you get home, your recruitment's going to go. The fans, the twitters. Yes. I mean, it's going to be a. It's going to be a shit show for you. Yep. Um. So, and he was like, "Yep. Yeah, you know, all right. You're right. Let's just." I, I think in, in that story, in that visit story for Morris, it still said like the reason I committed to Florida and it's not going very well or something like that. He said some things. He was like, let's, I want to put that in there because I kind of want to set – he didn't – I'm not using his words right. He didn't say this exactly, but this was what he was saying. I don't yeah. want Florida fans to think that they still got a shot with me. I at least want to put it out there that I'm thinking about flipping. Like, it, it's going to happen. Let me let me go ahead and ease into this. So the Morris Williams for me was done that Tuesday, a week before signing day, when we went off the record, when he made it off the record that – I'm not going to Florida. Um, yeah. I'm going to Auburn, Ohio State. And then it was easy for us, uh, or at least me, because then I could go, hey, Ohio State, dude. And he's like, nah. Hey, George got, no, he's not coming. Okay, well, Florida still thinks they got a shot, but they don't. Uh, so that leaves Auburn. And that's why I was so confident with uh, with Amaris Williams signing with Auburn. And I think he did that afternoon. He did. So oh, he yeah, did. right at 1230. We, we did, that's right. Right at 1240, um, he publicly committed. You told we talked about that before the Sunday show. You kind of, you know, what I mean, let us all in on exactly how that went down. And then it probably was two days later when I hear that he is recruiting. You know, what I mean, behind the scenes, he's recruiting, oh, very, yeah. recruiting L.J. McRae. He's recruiting K.J. Bolden to Auburn, not to other schools, but to Auburn. Like, hey, man, you need this. Auburn's the place. This is where you need to be. So on and so forth. So you knew you had him at that point. That was it. that was one that I think we all felt very comfortable in. Hey man, it, it's Auburn. It's not going to be Ohio State. It's Auburn. You always hedge your bets a little bit, but you knew. And you know what? We, we also said that he probably or he very well could be the only guy on signing day, right? Because yeah. it read when, as Jay had mentioned earlier, dude, this guy committed to Auburn multiple times, and it wasn't like multiple times. It was, coach, I'm locked in. I'm going to announce next week. This was back in November. Yeah. Okay. I mean, maybe early November when he was supposed to announce. Remember, he was like, I'm going to go visit Clemson, and then I'm going to make a decision after that. This was after his Auburn visit in October. He never went to Clemson. And 
so I, it was early November because I, I had snuck up there for a, a Cam Coleman visit uh, and saw Favor Edwin and, and not 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 Favor Edwin, but the communications he was having. He was locked. I'm co- I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna announce next week. I'm gonna announce Thursday. Thursday comes and go. Oh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think about it one more time. But I'm still locked in. I'm still locked in. All right. Well, when are you gonna announce? Ah, you know, next week, next Wednesday. I mean, it was maybe three or four weeks in a row. He just kept putting it off and putting it off. But I guess silently, I don't put much stock into that. But he was telling the Aubrey coaches, "I'm locked in." Never happened. Right, and then here comes that last, and, and, and Alabama was pretty much out. They weren't pushing at this time. It was Clemson and Florida, and it was mainly Florida. It was mainly Florida, and then Alabama comes in. He takes a visit, and all of a sudden they're pushing, and they want this kid. And um, I think Alabama thought they were going to get him. I think there was some concern at Auburn, and I, honestly. I think there was some frustration at Auburn. It was like, dude, you know, like, what are you doing? Are you in? You know, you've been telling us this for six weeks. Right. What's going on? And I think Cohen Eccles, you losing out. Cohen Eccles there late to LSU, who went on that last last minute visit. He was locked in the week before. Here comes LSU. Um, and that was when that happened. I lost all confidence in Cohen Eccles. I still had a little bit of favor, uh, confidence in favor. And then Auburn really, I think, started turning the screws Monday and Tuesday. Yes. And then Wednesday really was like, let's go. All right, get in. Let's go. And he did. He did Wednesday night. Um, that was, uh, uh, and I, I honestly, leading up to that, I was like, dude, just let me know when he commits. I don't care where it is. I'm done with it. I'm not chasing this anymore. I'm, I'm so tired of this. No, I'm, we I'm tired of putting our, our readers through that. You know, I agree. Look, 85, 45, 55. I'm like, man, just let me know when he commits. Look, we did a whole commitment breakdown video that has never aired that Zach's got somewhere, you know what I mean, in the cloud. I, 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 listen, I loaded it into the, the movie player, the video yeah. player, and I, I had it in my, I had my favorite commitment story, and I think it was we were expecting it the next day or that weekend. Correct. And this was two weeks, three weeks before signing day. And I had the video loaded in the player, and then – all of a sudden, it automatically inserts itself into any Auburn recruiting video. Did you know this, Jay? Yeah, I found out after you told me about it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It went live. So, like in the hot board, if you click on a hot board from a week ago, it would show up. Hey, Favor Edwin, yeah, he's a great player. Auburn got a good one here. <laughs> it was titled, you know, Favor Edwin commits to Auburn. Well, of course, the guy on three was like, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you that. Uh, anytime you put, uh, I was like, well, dude, what the? Fuck? You know, luckily, I caught it. I mean, there were still some people that saw it, no, no doubt about it. But for about 30 minutes, it was live. And fortunately, I, I caught it. And fortunately, he signed with Auburn. I was thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to jinx this shit. Um, but uh, that, that video, I think it's still in my email. I never did add uh, I, I didn't. I was scared to upload it again. Um, Let's do the backstory on KJ and LJ just on signing yeah. day, on what we were thinking going in. And then yeah. let's get some high batches and get you out of here, big dog. I hear you. Okay, good. Um, now, see, I, maybe we differ here, J.M. My people never thought K.J. was locked in with Auburn. Right. I mean, they felt like they had a good shot, 
but they never felt like he's in. And I, I saw some of the uh, some some mess some posts on the message board of you know we got people who know things on the message board we do not not on all things but maybe this guy knows this guy and he's pretty locked in on this recruitment I, I but I've seen some people you know he was telling oh, I, that was never and my my sources never heard KJ say I'm coming right I know they were very they they weren't very common they were they were they they were Felt good about having a shot. Mm-hmm. Mine, thanks for LJ. The the Monday of signing day week, I got messages and texts from people that I trust in the NIL world. They said it's done. KJ's wow. they we're we're getting him. And then it probably wasn't twelve hours later. <laughs> About two o'clock on Tuesday, hey man, um, forget what I said last night. George is making a massive push. They're they're, they're making a massive push. And then I would kind of check in like, hey, what are you hearing? Like, hey, it's not good. And then around 2 a.m. ish, I got a text that said, hey, um, we've lost all confidence on KJ. We, we, We feel pretty certain he's going to Georgia. And so at that point, I felt like walking into signing day that there was some concession by the coaching staff at the very early part of the day, that they they felt like Georgia had that one locked up. Yeah, I think I bumped him up to 50% about that Monday you were talking about. That was was about as confident as I got. Um, But, yes, I agree. That Monday – there was a lot. I, mean, I, remember, I remember where I was. I was in that front room when I was getting some some positive feedback yeah. on that. And, and Georgia wasn't really. Um, they, they were they they weren't they weren't to the level they would be twenty four hours later. Correct. Correct. I still at that point thought Auburn was flipping him from Florida State, and that Georgia was a distant third. Yeah, that's what I did. So I thought it was Auburn, Florida State. Auburn's moved up. They've got a 50-50 shot here. Almost I'll believe it when I see it type deal. Mm-hmm. But, yes, there was some very positive feedback on Monday. Um, and then Tuesday it was it was, it was it was fading. And then Wednesday morning it was done. Yeah. You, yeah. you said you said that night before you had heard it. I, it, was, it was I was early. Th- Hell, I put in a prediction for him pretty early Wednesday morning. Six around six or seven a.m. You put in a prediction for KJ to UGA. I remember old Ben woke. You know Ben. Yeah. He's like, thanks, Dick. I just woke up. <laughs> like you couldn't give me time to wake up a little bit. I'm like wakey wakey, hands off, snakey, big dog. No doubt, dude. Brooks don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, uh, LJ again. The relationship with Jeremy Garrett was huge. I know Auburn felt decent about good shot. Jeremy Garrett went in Friday, and I thought there was something odd about LJ not publicizing his Auburn visits. Yes, very much so. Now, I know Jeremy Garrett likes to move in silence. Hell, think about Jordan Crawford. Think about Kalen Edwards. Think about uh, the kid they just got, Antonio Coleman, all out of the blue. Yes. He loves that. So, I don't know. I, I do think Jeremy Garrett was like, let's just keep this quiet. You know, I don't, we'll take pictures, but don't put them up. Let's let's. He, he was hoping to sneak in there and get LJ. He was, and 
I think that was one that you and I both had heard legitimate buzz on at the end of the season. There was some some real L.J. McCray buzz. Yeah. Specifically, when Florida lost that Arkansas game, you started to, you know what I mean, and then right after, right after his good friend, you know, our, our number one edge target in the class. Oh, yeah. Flips to us. You start to hear it. And then it just continues on and continues on, and Jeremy Gary gets him back, you know, for an unofficial visit, coming off the foothills of, I think, his Florida official visit. And they thought they had a real shot. From my, the best of my, I mean, they thought, and then when we got the postponement at 9 o'clock, when Hayes Fawcett breaks down, yeah. he's going to postpone. Forgot about that. I think we all thought, okay. Here we go. Here we go. This is going to be the move. And then Florida did what you and I and Cole all thought. They said, no way, man. Yeah. You know, we're, we're drawing the line right here. We're going to pay. Napier would have been gone. Yeah. We're they paying. were not going to lose him. No. Whatever it takes to get DJ Lagway and LJ McCray, we will pay it. We will pay it right now. What's it going to take? And, and they did. You know what I mean? Like it, credit to them. They, they, they just said we're not. And Auburn did that same thing with Joe Phillips. You know I mean, absolutely, absolutely. Ole Miss did the same thing with a prospect on their board. Absolutely. You know, Cam that, Franklin. Yeah, Cam Franklin. That's just how this works sometimes. But that's how tight it gets, guys. With you know what I mean, with how close it is in certain recruitments, where it's minute to minute, hour to hour, how these change down the stretch as it gets to National Signing Day. I love Joe Phillips telling me straight up. It was Georgia yesterday, but Auburn came in that NIL. I was like, hey, and that's what Ole Miss did to Cam Franklin. What yeah. they did with L.J. McCray. I'm sure all, uh, just what Georgia, you know, um, losing Rayola. Absolutely, they decided KJ. We're not going to lose him. Yeah, we can't lose. We can't lose both. We're going to get. We're going to get them both. Um, and, and I'm sure once we get Cole next week, we'll, we'll if we think of anything else behind the scenes. But uh, it's always fun to talk about once it's all over with. You know, it's like, oh man, I wish I could tell you this, but I can't. Definitely not. There's some things you can say and some things. Yeah. A lot of fun. Um, all right, man, let's uh, hit some high batches. Okay. I want to give DS753WGJBDS a how about you. He started a thread that said J-Head's wrong. I'm not going to talk about who was wrong or who was right at the end of that thread, but I want you to know I appreciate you all the same, big dog. How about you? And then I want to give Pathetic a, uh, a how about you for schooling me on the Ross Dellinger story with regard to the uh, the TRO and the agreement by the NCAA to go ahead and agree to the injunction for multi multiple transfers uh, and immediate eligibility. And that's going to be a huge thing for us to pay attention to as we move towards that January 3rd line, guys, is now guys are able to. Now, they're going to tighten up the academic requirements around it. But guys that have already transferred once before, hey, they're free to transfer again. And don't think that that won't come into play on the foothills of bowl season. Mm. I, I've got you. How about you to let's bug? Okay, that's a good one. How about you to Crute and Finger? <laughs> how about you to Dr. Doom? And how about you to TN Tiger 92, who – that's right. Good to know, Zach. I will. How about you to TN Tiger 92, who was – virtually stoned by the uh, corner on Tuesday for saying that Cam Newton 
It gets on his damn nerves. And you know what? People are like, and I'm like, I kind of agree with you, big dog. (laughs) I think. He was reported like six times. Like, get this, get this trash off our board. I was like, damn, dude, for what? Like, right. He stated an opinion, guys. Look, Cam Newton is a Heisman Trophy winner. He's a Hall of Famer at Auburn. He's one of the greatest players of all time. But people are allowed to not necessarily care for everybody's personality. Right. You know, it, you're, you're. This, this is a, this is America, right? We can have opinions on things. I think some people were even calling him racist, and I was like, give me a break, dude. He's saying he doesn't like the, he doesn't like Cam's personality, I, and I understand. Right, he's a yeah. very polarizing figure. Polarizing is a great word to use with Cam Newton. Personally, I like him, but I think it's okay for everybody to have different opinions, particularly yeah. specifically when it pertains to somebody who puts himself out there the way Cam does. Right? You know I mean, he chooses controversial decisions at times because that's that's who he is. That's what he likes. I liked him a lot more when he was at Auburn. Um, I, I, I got to see him a lot. I was covering the team. I was covering his Heisman Trophy winner. So I got his trophy presentation. I got to see him and the people around him, and, and I liked him. Right. Yeah, and then when he got in the NFL, of course, I wasn't around him as much. But I was going, you know what? I don't like you anymore. I don't dislike you. I just, I, I don't have a, I don't have a strong, I, I don't care about, I don't care about him, to be honest with you. Like, I, I I don't go, I like that guy, or I dislike I, it, I'm neutral, dude. I ain't got time for that. No. I don't have time to like you or dislike you, whatever. But when, when when somebody says, I don't like him, I don't like his, I say, I can, I can see that. I understand. Agreed. And I think that's what everybody should be encouraged to say is, okay, you're allowed to have a difference of opinion so long as you're respectful about it. Sure. There is no reason why we, we all have to celebrate each person like they're our favorite you know, football player of all time. Again, Cam Newton, Heisman Trophy winner, national champion, Hall of Famer, all-time great Auburn player and representative. Absolutely. Doesn't mean that you have to like everything that he does. Absolutely. Completely understand, but good for you, TN Tiger for 92, for uh, for saying the unpopular opinion. Um, I completely understand. And, uh, I, I, of course, I understand the other people saying, hey, man, he's Auburn. Yeah, I, I, I get it. But uh, so it's okay. It's okay. Um, all right, let's wrap it up there, Jay. Uh, before we do, I want everybody to um, remember that the call-in show Sunday night will be New Year's Eve. We will not be holding uh, the call-in show. The following Sunday is, I think, FCS Championship National Titles. Zach in the back will be all over that. So we're going to move that show to January the 8th, Monday, January the 8th, 6.30. And then after that, we will get back to our normally scheduled programming on Sundays at 6.30. But – uh, long story short, the next call-in show will be Monday, January the 8th at 6.30 right here on this YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe to this channel. We're trying to get to 10K, man. Make it happen, big dogs. Yes. Uh, as always, remember, uh, for the YouTube listeners, if you want to join Auburn Live on 3, there's a special promotion for you guys. Use the promo code AU1, all caps, one word, and you get two months for $1. If you haven't already, come join us, man. Um uh, Appreciate everybody, man. We'll, we'll wrap it up. We'll see y'all next week. We'll do another recruiting show uh, on Wednesday, I believe. Tuesday night, maybe we'll come out Wednesday. And then um, we'll be back Monday, January the 8th for the call-in show. Everybody, hope you had a Merry Christmas. Have, hope you have a safe and happy, happy New Year's to you. A safe and happy, happy New Year's. 
Um, we will see you all next week and then Monday, January the 8th. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for watching. Uh, for a sick Cole, for Jay and for Zach in the back, I'm Jeffrey Lee. Man, y'all stay that left lane. See ya. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.